0: Crow Triple Seven Radio Podcast. This is the introduction for episode 103. Jason Lingren is with me, and we are going to cover the Saturnization of the modern era. So many people have followed through many episodes that we've done recently that have shown outright that every powerful organization that ever was in this world tracked the sky. Many people have contacted me, wrote emails, and asked why. Why are they tracking the sky? And as the episodes went further, we started to endeavor to show this. But what we're going to do today is reflect the power players tracking of the sky to things like the censorship and the dark cloud that everyone sees on the horizon as it seems like we're heading towards almost a sort of police state, something from Brave New World or a 1984-esque reality that so many people sense. People could think of this uh, almost like a farmer does. A farmer puts his energies towards the natural rhythms of this world to understand when he needs to plant his seeds to get crops that he can harvest in this way. The farmer is aligning himself with the natural energies that will allow him to plant at the appropriate time, grow his food all the way until it's time to harvest, and then harvest at the end of all that. In the same way, there are power players that have aligned their energies with the negative aspects of the sky clock, which are almost completely outlined in every text you will ever pick up as the idea of Saturn. I've said many times that I don't accept The descriptions that NASA has given us of the planets and I have put forward that in my view it's a bit like looking through a kaleidoscope and what we see when we look at the so-called planets through a telescope is an illusory view and this is predicated on our existence in a 3D material reality. At any rate, I don't think it's really too arguable, and I imagine most people that make it through the first hour and into the second hour, where we delve into even things like the religions, how the organized religions were divided down and then paired off with elements and aspects and energies of the sky clock that at the end of this you you'll have no doubt in your mind that there are absolutely power players who amount to a fraction of one percent of humanity in this world that have aligned with the dark energies the natural energies of a so-called planet named saturn and it's reflected everywhere and the black robes you wore at graduation, to the squared-off mortar hat you wore that day, to the black robes on a judge, all the way to the Vatican, or even the founding saint, St. Peter, the rock which the Vatican was built on. All these things we will cover. Let's jump in with Jason Lindgren and delve into the Saturnization of our world. Cheers. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is the podcast, episode 103. Jason Lingren is with me, and we are going to be covering the— basically i guess what we could call the saturnization of our world and we're going to try to explain from the point of view of the power centers that have tracked the sky since i guess people could look up and see a sky uh we're going to try to cover it from that point of view and it's been a hell of a lot of research man anyhow welcome jason good morning crow how goes it man pretty good how about you Uh, I can't complain. We're actually seeing sun here, and it seems like we might get up into the 50s and 60s. So maybe there is no spring, and we just go straight from winter to warm. But anyhow, uh, what do we have to cover in the intro here? Well, I believe one of your interviews went live finally, and it was a good one, right? Right. Sage of Quay went live. Um, I kind of urged him. I think he's living under two strikes. I urged him to wait until he cleared strikes because we talk about everything. It is a very good interview, and a lot of people gave me f- positive feedback. Um, we're, you know, not too many interviews I do where the people I'm talking to are in the similar age group as, as I am. I think, I think Mike over at Sage of Quay is, I think we're both probably the same age, if not within a year or two, I would imagine. But anyhow, it's a very good interview, and it is live at Sage of Quay. And I think he also has a backup channel. He's trying to get people to subscribe to as i told you he's living under two strikes because the black-eyed beast called censorship is up everybody's you know what
1: that is absolutely true and the only thing i've really got to report this week is that i invested in a brand new iMac pro to keep this film thing going and uh, so far so good
0: so I guess we can get back to transferring endless gigabytes of footage back and forth and and get that on the road. We'll have to set a date before long to to do some of the principal filming on my end. But anyhow, anything else to cover uh, in in the uh, intro here?
1: Nope. Let's get to the ring of
0: truth. All right. Let's yeah, the ring of truth. Exactly. Um, what we're going to do here is we're going to point out from the point of view of the power playing sky trackers uh, what seems to be going on. And it's it's not just a guess here. There's been endless research done around this. Part of the problem is, is when you start to talk about anything that could fall under the header of astrology, you're going to start to get a lot of strong opinions out there. The reason for that is because the idea of the sky clock was defamed, astrology was defamed, and knowing things for certain became... Probably the principal arena of initiated people who basically went underground for the most part um, to avoid the all staring eye uh, that is bringing censorship and other things to bear now, which is basically the power player centers who want to divide this world. Some of the things we're going to cover here start to anyone who wants to consider what we're laying down. You will see the divisive nature of how every aspect of not just modern life, going back a long time, how hard to know how long, has been put in place to divide. It is the forces of Saturnization, the restrictive, censoring, limiting, rings of Saturn idea that is being brought to bear here. And it's being brought to bear by precious few people. And I'm talking a fraction of a single percent of the world's population, probably. But anyhow, Jason, I'll kick it over to you. Let's jump into this thing. In many past episodes, we
1: have proven that the elite, the power players in this world, have always tracked the sky. We have shown how so many of these of the big stories on any given day follow the calendar, which is encoding and hiding the true clock, which is, of course, the sky clock. We will now show some of the meaning from the point of view of those who rule our world, focusing mostly on Jupiter and Saturn. The reason for this is due to the age we are leaving, which was ruled by Jupiter as we enter the New Age, now ruled by Saturn, a thing that has been known and planned for for many centuries by powerful religious centers, governments, and major corporations, all of which share the common trait of holding power. And I think this all ties in with the ancient mystery schools.
0: And there's, there's no doubt. Um, as you get into this and years go by and you know more and more, it's astounding the long game that's been played here. Even in a supposed, well, let me start by defining ages. So many people think that the Zodiac is nonsense. And I've said over and over and over, it's how we place the sun. And by placing the sun, that allows us to attract or track enormous amounts of time. I mean, I'm talking all the way back to the beginning, whenever that may have been. There are probably people in this world who still hold the keys to the kingdom and can understand what the sky clock is telling us. In the modern age, people will say things like the age of Pisces. Most people's eyes gloss over, uh, they light a joint and think this is ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. It's just the modern way of saying where the sun is, which tells us what a particular period of time is. In the case of modern Western world, we will say things like the age of Pisces, which it is assumed we just left, although there is much argument over when exactly did we leave Pisces and go into Aquarius. Now, as we talk about planets, we're not talking about gods, and anyone who's followed me, I don't even accept the description of planets. Um, to me, it's a bit like a kaleidoscope. Our 3D material reality requires that we see this elusive thing that we call planets, kind of looking through, like looking through a kaleidoscope. Um, there are real pieces of colored glass in a kaleidoscope. They're not make-believe, they're not fake, they're there, but the image they're giving us is illusory. That's how I view the planets. The influences of our time are attributed to planets in the current situation we find our places. So basically, when you say things like Jupiter or Saturn, you are talking about energies and influences from nature that have come to bear in any particular time. And I know that's been a big mouthful, but we kind of need to set the stage here for people who've never heard of any of this. to, to cut to the chase here and get it back over to Jason, when we were in the age of Pisces, this would be said to cover the period of the onset of Christianity up to the modern era. When we went into the age of Aquarius is hotly debated. I accept that it's 1881. I'll explain that when we get there. The age of Pisces was said to be ruled over by Jupiter or positive influences where the age of Aquarius that we're entering is said to be ruled over by the rulers of this world, the sky clock trackers by Saturn. And there ain't no Nothing good about Saturn in the modern age. So there's all that, Jason.
1: And let's have a precursor here by mentioning that most of the religions of many past years were not, in fact, monotheistic. They were henotheistic. A monotheistic religion is a belief in one God and one God alone. The henotheistic beliefs are an adherence to one particular God, but you know that there are others. One God out of several, maybe even many, and Using the theistic term in the first place, meaning relating to or characterized by belief in the existence of a god or gods, may not necessarily be correct in the first place, is it?
0: No, because in the modern age, these words are so loaded. It's like when we start talking about Jupiter, people go, oh, man, hocus pocus, dominocus. We start saying God, there's a very definite point of view from the the listener when they hear the word God, and this relates probably mostly to whatever religious tradition they've been brought up in, and I think we're talking about something very different here when we go back in time. When you're talking about henotheistic, I think even those people had the idea of an overarching creation that was imbued in everything, but it's a bit like the chakra system. If you think of the people who claimed a human being could make it to enlightenment and they used the mapping of what's called the chakra system, well, there's seven of those, right? And then there's like a a crown chakra, which sometimes is counted, sometimes is not. We're going to correspond these out to the major religions. But this is the idea here. To look at all the chakras is like a more omni-view of all the possible influences and potentials of a human. Looking at one single chakra is something less, and that's part of what we'll get into. But these are hard things to talk about man whenever we say things like planets or gods the modern the modern mind is probably thinking something much different than a mind from past centuries anyhow jason
1: so let's define what jupiter and saturn represent in the eyes of those who track the sky clock because it's going to be i'm pretty sure a bit different than what the average person does it should also be very clear that we are talking about aspects of what we call nature, and to be more specific, the energies and influences possible at any given moment within very large masses of time.
0: Right. So the idea here is you can look at almost any given news event. You can look at the founding of Fortune 500 companies, which I have done for many years now, and you'll realize it's locked to the calendar. Um, The reason it's locked to the calendar is partially to obscure it, because our modern calendars are jacked up. Um, They don't give a true division of a year. We went from Julian to Gregorian, places that track time are still tracking both for some reason. you, You see what I'm getting at here. Even in the names of the months, when we say things like September, the most maligned of months in the modern age, that means seven. That would be the seventh month, and yet it's the ninth month for us. In the same way, Oct. October should be the 8th month, it's not, it's the 10th. You can see that our calendar has been jacked up. This is to hide what we're talking about, because the powers that be are looking directly at the real clock, it's called the sky, and that's what they are working from. And the claim that they put forward, and there must be something to it or they wouldn't have done it all this time, is that they can deduce when certain energies and possibilities are more likely to succeed. Another way to put that would be, is to align yourself with the possible energies of any given period of time so there's all that jason
1: and i'm sure this ties into the whole changeover of the calendars too between the gregorian and julian and how we see
0: them using the julian still at certain times of course, and in my view, that's mostly just to screw us up. Like, in no world is, is January the first of any given year. If you wanted to logically do it, the beginning of the solar year would be close to this what we call the spring equinox. But then, again, we've demonstrated that in the modern era, equinoxes are broken. They don't match at all the historic descriptions of what an equinox should be. The point here is, is that those calendars don't even divide up the year very well. And to top it off, if you pick any given day, out of the year and you say this day fell specifically at this period of time within the cycle of a year, it'll be a different day in the next year and the next year and the next year. So in my view, the calendar is just simply a way to knock people off understanding and becoming in tune with the cycles of time. And that is wholly what daylight savings time is about, which happens right at the equinoxes, by the way. It's to get a human being jacked out of time because times have cycles. And if you become in tune with these cycles, apparently what a human being can do uh, in a lifetime is enhanced in some way. I'll leave it up to the listener to decide how accurate that is. But there's, I guarantee you there's something to it, or these people would not constantly be tracking the sky and timing to a calendar all the little nonsense they put in front of us to include, Look, go look up how many Fortune 500 companies were set up near spring at the beginning of the new solar cycle. Go ahead, Jason. So
1: I would take it that keeping the calendars all jacked up and the general population not being able to tune in is just one more weapon they use of mass distraction,
0: well, it's a crazy thing, you know. You talk; they talk about the age of Pisces, or basically the Christian era, as a good way for people to think about it as having been ruled by Jupiter, which you're about to define. There's nothing bad about Jupiter, and we'll even we'll even draw modern English language out of the dictionary that demonstrates what we're talking about here. Yet there has always been a fly in the damn soup. There's always been that little double agent working behind the scenes, and that double agent is the idea of Saturn, is the idea of the negative binding limit limiting, timed principles of Saturn, and that's mostly what the show is going to be about. So, go ahead, let's take a look at Jupiter and the idea that Jupiter is wholly a great thing and that was the age we were leaving. That was the ruler. These energies were the ideas behind the age we were leaving, or basically the onset of Christianity to the modern era.
1: Jupiter is nearly a wholly positive influence which we can see even in our language with words like jovial, which is derived from Jove, and that is Jupiter. Jovial, of course, has the meaning endowed with or characterized by a hearty, joyous humor or a spirit of good fellowship. And with a religious connotation, a wonderfully jovial host. Second definition uh, of or relating to the god Jove or Jupiter. Jupiter is said to rule over the age of Pisces, which would cover the time period from the advent of the Christian era to present, though it is currently assumed we are now in the age of Aquarius, which is said to be ruled by Saturn. It can be shown that what the sky trackers attribute to Jesus in terms of positive aspects is also identical in the idea of Jupiter, or again, the natural energies and influences of the time period. Also, the idea of what age we are in has been tracked by every culture that has lasted, and is said to be some of the most closely guarded secrets. Again, the mystery schools. Based on research, we can accept that we entered the age of Aquarius in 1881, but there are many ideas in this regard, and many who mark the transition as having actually been in 2012.
0: So I've got at this idea forever and ever and ever. And I accept that we probably went into what they call the age of Aquarius, which is ruled by Saturn in 1881. The reason I finally chose to accept it is because this idea also matches the Hindus who are supposed to have held on to some of the oldest time tracking secrets in existence. And in their tracking of eras, massive cycles of time, every single number they will ever throw out at you breaks to the completion number of nine. If we take 1880 apart. Eight and one is nine. Eight and one is nine. If you add the nines together, you get 18 and eight and one is nine. So no matter how you go at the date of 1881, it fits that older idea of tracking time. And believe me, there has been so much put into this. But to get back to Jupiter, um, we're going to get into the symbols for these things in a minute, but Over and over on on these episodes, I've showed or mentioned how 4 or 44 is often being used to encode death. Now, this is what we're talking about in Saturn. In the modern era, the Saturnian negative energies control all the media, all of it, all the banking, all of it, being controlled by a very minuscule fraction of 1% of the total world population. And what Saturn is doing is perverting everything, to be blunt about it. So if you're to look at Jupiter as wholly a positive idea and the symbol looks like a four and it was the fourth of the five visible planets to the ancients, you can see that four truly holds a positive idea. Yet in all the media you're going to see, it's going to be a negative connotation. This is the perversion brought to bear by Saturn. In the same way, we're all watching the black-eyed beast of censorship bear down on us all. We're all talking about the possibility of police states. It is the saturnization or the saturnian energies that are setting the stage for all this. So this is it's it's hard to try to explain this out, but we'll do it as we can. So back to you. Man. Oh, um okay, I already covered that. Go ahead, man.
1: Saturn is nearly a wholly negative influence in nearly every old text or modern texts that we can come across. It should be mentioned that the sky trackers state every aspect of nature has a dual nature. This idea is seen in a supposed golden age when Saturn ruled and was even called the sun at times. The idea here is that a higher-minded and more perfected society would receive nothing but joyous, almost euphoric, influence from Saturn at these times, but then becomes the dark taskmaster in times like we see in the present. Currently, Saturn is viewed as restrictive, censoring, controlling selfish structure, control, discipline, rules, and, of course, time, derived from the myth of Kronos. Perfect conditions for the implementation of a police state, I would say, right? Right.
0: Right. So there's almost no aspect of our modern society which you can't attribute to what we just defined. Uh, Look at the banking system. Look how everyone is put into debt to go to higher education these days. These are Saturnian things. Look how everybody lives in a cube. The black cube is one of the main symbols of Saturn, and we all live in cubes and houses. I've covered in recent episodes how the angles of a square or a cube or a rectangle are 90 degrees. These are the angles of sorrow. In the present age, there is no good thing about Saturn um, for the most part. And the idea that there was a golden age where Saturn ruled, even sometimes you'll read that it was the sun, which I think is just an idea, a figure of speech – The idea behind that is that supposedly there was a time when we had less material bodies. We weren't so 3D. We were much more spiritual. Um, That's the idea being put forward. And if there even is possibly such a time, which is hard for me to imagine, where somehow we had more ethereal bodies, the idea of Saturn at that point would be totally euphoric and the polar opposite of what we find now. And again, man, this is from the point of the view of the people who are now tracking the sky, and we'll get into um, how almost every logo for major corporations encodes Saturn and other things as we get in here. Go ahead, man. To further demonstrate
1: the near opposite characteristics of Jupiter and Saturn, let's take a look at the astrological symbols that have been used for many centuries to represent them. One of the current ways to examine all so-called planetary symbols is as follows, and this way seems to fit Western cultural minds. All these symbols can be roughly broken down to three ideas, represented by the circle, which stands for soul, the crescent, which stands for spirit, and the cross, which stands for physical concerns. So the symbol for Jupiter looks kind of like a four. This symbol can be thought of as abundance, expansion, positive and resembles the number four which relates to its ancient placement as one of the five visible planets using the previously described circle crescent cross idea we see two in this symbol showing us spiritual concerns are over physical jupiter could be said to be concerned with the now or moment at hand the only thing that really exists concerns the exact opposite of saturn basically the crescent is on top of the cross now let's get to the saturn symbol which looks kind of like an h this symbol shows us physical concerns are above spiritual concerns or basically the cross over the crescent saturn could be said to be connected with the past a time with no actual existence this will become clear when we show which religions are aligned to which energies or supposed planets
0: so you know, I think probably as I'm sitting here doing this show and I'm imagining in my mind how most listeners that may not have any foundation or you know background in any of the things we're covering, their eyes may be glazing over. But you see, the thing here is is that this is truly the symbolism and the ideas that are being used by the people that are pulling the strings in this world. And we've demonstrated it over and over and over from the 12 branches of the Federal Reserve, hint, 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 12 si- signs of the Zodiac to try. Back the sum through to everything else we've done in maybe the past 10 to 15 episodes has been leading up to what we're talking about. There is a there there. Part of the problem here is when you get into anything that might fall under the heading of astrology, there are going to be a lot of people out there with a lot of different points of view. What I have done is gone to the oldest texts I can get my hand on, it to everything I've ever studied, throughout my lifetime to come to some of these conclusions. And again, in certain cases, some of the minutia could be argued either way, but basically the symbol for Jupiter or positive ideas and influences from the previous age of what was called Pisces, the two fishes, looks like a four with a curly upper left branch and the cross where the bottom of the four goes across the upright. The symbol from Saturn is the exact opposite. The cross is on the top. It looks like a lowercase h, and that tail of the lowercase h having the curl. The little swirl is representing the crescent. There are other ways to break down these symbols, but it's a good way to think of it. And in this case, it demonstrates flat out that they are polar opposites. The idea of the age we just left, according to the Sky Trackers, having all this positive energy and positive ideas associated, but the, the fly was in the ointment, and we'll get into this when we talk about the saints there was always like a little ninja spy master with saturnian influence in the soup all the way through as far as i can tell anyhow jason
1: and i bet you he was dressed in black
0: Absolutely. He was dressed in black. And this has come to our modern era. You know, even when you graduate from school, what do you do? You square your circle of your head with a mortar board, a black mortar board, wearing black robes. Um, when you go in front of the judge, that man is wearing black robes. These are all the the the, the coming together of the Saturnian long game plan coming together, even in, in so much as education, where you can find references in this world from some of the various oldest texts, which are damn, hard to find these days unedited where things like a person going to school and getting a single degree is ridiculous because there are 360 degrees and when you begin to look at the ideas of masonry and how they get up to 33 degrees and all these things you begin to realize there's something to all this but let's keep pushing man
1: we've reached a time and eras as marked by the sky clock where the saturnizing of our world is at hand i think that's pretty obvious at this point indeed We have shown how all power players in this world track the sky clock, and we will now endeavor to show some of the meaning based on comparisons with very old texts and modern observations. This evaluation is meant to demonstrate the point of view of those who track the sky clock and hold power in this world. In short, the sky trackers assert we are leaving the age of Pisces, ruled by Jupiter, beginning at the onset of the Christian era, and into the age of Aquarius which is ruled by Saturn and all its current negative energies and hardships.
0: So, there's another part of this, which I kind of commiserated over whether I should include it. The idea that Uranus also is going to co-rule here is at hand. There are many people in astrology today that will use Uranus all day long to try to show things. There are older texts that I've found that says the Uranus portion of things doesn't have much bearing on the present age. Um, I'll leave that up to the people who do astrology for a living to to argue about that. But let's suffice it to say, there is no portion of modern society that we can look at and take apart and show flat out the ideas connected to Saturn or running the show. And in the second hour, when we align each of the major religions that have been in the present era and you know maybe back a little bit from the present era are all aligned with one of these so-called energies. And people could think of this maybe in this way. Say you have a person who's wholly concerned with feeding poor people. That person is aligning themselves with a certain kind of energy. They're going to spend all their time going out to homeless shelters, trying to get clothes donated, trying to do all these things for people who do not have. I think most people in this world would observe that and think that is a heck of a good thing. Maybe Jovian maybe jovial, positive attributes to that. Then there may be another person who wakes up in the morning and says, all my energy today is going to be to crush everyone in my way so that I can have more money than everyone else in the ro- in the world. So what we're talking about is these kinds of ideas. It's actually organizations, powerful organizations, aligning their energies in this way, but they're using the sky clock to do it. So you'll have to be your own determined, you know, you'll have to determine for yourself whether there's anything for the sci, you know, to the sky clock influence. But I will submit to you, people do not spend this much energy over this many centuries tracking a thing for no reason. Go ahead, Jason.
1: So let's look at two movies that demonstrate the era of Saturnization, which is now. The first is Sleeper, and this is a Woody Allen movie that was released in 1973. Uh, oh, that's when I was released, too. <laughs> (laughs) That looks into the future that nearly matches the ideas of the book Brave New World, where a police state is in place. Complete with drugs and sex as methods of control in a dumbed-down society, this film pre echoes where we are headed if saturnization is allowed to take control. Well, that sounds like YouTube to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's where we're going, man. But to go back to 1973 and see them matching so closely, you know, I see a lot of people. There's a movie I haven't actually seen it. I think it's called Idiocracy, and everyone's pointing out that that it's a similar thing. But in the case of Woody Allen, you're looking at a representative of Judaism. You're looking at a represent a representing individual of the Saturn idea. And in my view, the movie Sleepers making fun of us all. Um, everyone is dumbed down in this. Movie drugs and this like sexual orb or the orgasmatron, uh, like in the Brave New World, you know, sex and drugs and the dumbing down of everyone used to control while there's a police state. But there are plenty of movies we could go through an endless list, but we'll do one more here, Jason. I think it's actually one of your favorite movies.
1: It is a movie I'm very fond of, and that is Time After Time from 1979. This also demonstrates a higher minded society from past eras making fun of where we are now. Clearly showing the lowered minds of modern America, this is yet another of many examples that we could show that demonstrate de-evolution, or the saturnizing of our world, headed for a kind of police state with technology as the enforcer, which has also influenced the minds of those now ruled. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's a take off of the H.G. Wells time machine story, but going from the late 1800s into what was the modern time of 1979, and there's even a big old poke at us with McDonald's.
0: Right, and I mean, at one point, uh, one of the people who came from the past, the 1800s, I assume, um, asked someone in the present, in the 70s, where's all your books? And she says to him, oh, we don't really use books anymore. We like to go to the movies. And these ideas come to bear over and over and over again in this movie where the guy who came from the 1800s is way more educated, has way more ability, is a much higher-minded individual, even coming from a time when even the layout of the furniture in his house was built to a higher level higher craftsmanship, higher minds having done it all. And he thought when he went into the future, he would get to this utopia. But what he found was the exact opposite. What he found is the Saturnization of our world. And it is now, and it is going on all around us. And there is no portion, I will say again, of our current situation where we can't pull it apart and understand the underlying Saturn ideas coming to bear. So to be clear about all
1: this, we are covering a very basic way to think about what the power playing sky trackers are up to and there is so much more to it that it is not possible to talk about without a lot more time and foundational understanding of these ideas and concepts.
0: Yeah, it's you know it takes literally years and part of the problem here is you've got to go to old texts and old sources, the oldest you can get your hands on, and try to correspond them up with modern ideas. You've got to vet them. You've got to challenge them. You've got to compare them across cultures, which I've taken a lot of time to do, particularly with the idea of the Western Age of Aquarius or Age of Pisces, bouncing that off to some supposedly some of the oldest culture going, the Hindus who have been tracking it, and actually treat it, we are told, as if it is the biggest secret in the world, to truly understand exactly where you are in a given age. Um, Hard to know if these things are true, but there's something to it. Uh, In my mind, there is certainly something to it.
1: Now, in past episodes, we have shown that the Twelve, always note the Twelve, prominent Vatican saints correspond with a month of the Gregorian calendar. This basically demonstrates the tracking of the sun through the acceptable year of the Lord. And while there are variations with a couple of the saints' calendrical positions, the oldest texts all agree. As we have mentioned in past episodes, St. Peter is January, where the new first of the year is now reckoned. And his brother, St. Andrew, holding the Saltier Cross, is the old first of the year. We have shown that the Saltier Cross is two compasses back-to-back, called a goniometer, used to measure the angle of the sun crossing the equator at the spring equinox. Knowing that St. Peter is the rock the Church was built on, and representing the Sun in January, or Aquarius, we can also know that this time is ruled by the planet Saturn. While the whole of Christianity, as set forth by the Vatican, aligns with Jupiter and the supposed positive aspects of that energy, the Vatican founder, Peter, can be shown from the Sky Tracker's point of view to be ruled by Saturn. In biblical scripture, this is equivalent to the idea of Satan. The name Peter or Petros means stone or rock, hence the rock the church will be built on, and yet Saturn rules over all stones. There is a fly in this soup, which will become clear as we show how each major religion is aligned with a single aspect of natural energies we currently call planets, according to the sky trackers in Power.
0: So, in my view, what Saturn represents is the exact polar opposite of where most human spirits I have ever met in my life want to go. They want to do better. They want to spiritually expand. They want to have a better world. They want a better world for their kids. Saturn is opposed to all of this. And here in this bullet point, we show you flat out that the idea of St. Peter at the founding of the Vatican, which was supposed to be the Christian epic ruled by positive things embodied in the idea of Jupiter, was a sat controlled principle. And so there's been a fly in the ointment. These little ninjas have snuck in all over the place. And I'll say again, man, it's like a tiny fraction of 1%. That have brought these negative Saturnian energies into our world, and they're about to capitalize on it hard. You think the last era may have been screwed up by the fly and the ointment we're just starting to outline here. Wait till we get into a supposed era where these people feel like Saturn or these negative energies is the ruling influence, and they're all aligning themselves. You can already see it. You can already see it in every aspect of banking and school and how much debt you got to have to get a house. And the fact that your damn house itself is built as a cube or the angles of sorrow, there is no portion. And this is where it starts. We're showing you that the rock the church that the church was built on at the Vatican was actually a Saturnizing influence or a Saturn idea. Go ahead, Jason. So what we're talking
1: about here is that the power players of this world have known about And planned for the available natural energies and possibilities or influences of any given time frame and never stopped tracking the skies and likely had ancient records to work from as well. The issue is that it seems a small group of power players aligned with Saturn energies many centuries, maybe millennia ago, who really knows, have always influenced the ages as they passed, likely starting in the time of ancient Rome, again, whenever that actually was... Consider the idea of ancient Rome a warlike with mostly martial concerns. This reflects the age of Aries, ruled by the warlike energies of Mars. This age of Aries can also still be seen in the Jewish ram's horn used in that religious tradition, looking backwards to the past.
0: Yeah, so here it is. Even, you know, we always question when did ancient Rome, was there a place called ancient Rome in the way we've been handed? When was that time if it was? But you see, what we do know certainly is that we're told this period was warlike and that it was in the age of Aries. If we track back the idea of using zodiacal signs, um, which is different than how eastern Eastern – you know, adepts would track the time back. So for us, we're in the age of Aries. Aries is ruled by Mars. Mars is warlike, and everything about Rome was warlike. As a matter of fact, in the modern era, it is said that Aries rules over Great Britain. Is there ever a time when Britain wasn't involved in some war or controlling so much of our, you know, what we know to be in the modern Western world? So whether or not anyone wants to accept the actual histories um, as valid uh, in reality – the way they've been handed to us, reflect the very ideas of the power players tracking the sky clock. In other words, whether or not Rome existed at the time or in the way we think it did, the history we've been handed reflects exactly what the sky clock is said to mean, according to them. Go ahead, Jason.
1: The following seems very likely from your point of view, Crow, based on decades of research, but it is very hard to prove outright due to falsified and hidden nature of true history. The assertion here is that there was likely a time we know little to nothing about when society's religious concerns were based wholly in nature, where there is no lie. This implies a holistic approach to all natural energies, influences, and possibilities, which are now called planets, by the power player sky trackers. In other words, we would not be talking about specific energies like Saturn, as that would only be one small part of the overall potential. To this end, it appears that modern organized spiritual centers with power became aligned with single aspects of natural energies, thereby dividing and limiting societies up into the modern age. People with a strong educational foundation in these ideas could easily assert that the underlying power players have aligned themselves with the selfish yet powerful energies of Saturn. It could further be asserted that these Saturnine adepts make up a minuscule part of the world population in the current age and yet have been planning and pulling the strings waiting for the age that is now ruled by so-called Saturn. The current Christian Bible can be referenced time and again by those with the knowledge and eyes to see. For instance, Revelations 27 forewarns about the current age in this passage. When a thousand years are passed, Satan will be released from his prison. Again, the Christian allegory and personification of Saturnian energies and influences has always been Satan. So here we are in the modern age, and this idea is indeed unleashed, which we see firsthand in the Saturnization of our world, which is now. Censorship, police states, selfishness, materiality. Did I mention censorship? How about censorship? There's a reason the word Santa is just Satan rewritten. After all, Christmas falls in the sign of the Capricorn, the goat, and is currently wholly about materialism, a basic tenet of Saturnian concerns and influence. The man in red who enters through the fireplace. The allegory? For hell.
0: There's no portion, man. There has always been a Saturnine ninja, a fly in the ointment here. And it goes back through an age, you know, it's almost like saying... Had these negative aspects of Saturn not been brought to bear, that periods of time could have been much more positive, much more holistic. But the main underlying tenet in this bullet point is critically important. The idea here is that it is possible there was a time when people viewed But the entire spectrum of natural energies all at once. And yet what happened was, is the fraction, you know, less than 1% of the power players in this world aligned with negative Saturn energies, divided everything. And they got everyone to focus on one little piece of a much broader reality. And that's what's been brought to bear here. So, you know, I, I would suggest consider whether this is a possible thing, but from my point of view, I don't think it's really arguable, and even if it was, it doesn't matter. When we look around now, man, there's a black cube in everyone's pocket, and there ain't no getting away from it at this point, and that is Saturn.
1: As we're going to discuss in hour two, there are a lot of black cubes in a lot of places.
0: Yeah, the, you, you can't escape it. And that is the symbolic Saturn energy. Even the damn keyboard sitting in front of me right now is covered in black cubes. When I look over to my box over there, it's a black cube. The house I'm living in is a rectangle or a cube. Um, you know, even the ideas that, that, that go throughout Freemasonry, the idea of right angles, these are 90 degree angles. I invite anyone to look up the oldest text we can dig up in this world, and it was accepted at that time that 90-degree angles were the angles of sorrow. Think about the pyramids. They, they Those are the angles of joy. What is it, 120 degrees for an equilateral? I forget. But whatever the equilateral triangle angles are, are considered the angles of joy. I've explained this before, but I've also used this example, like when you're watching the fellowship of the ring, hint, hint, hint. Those are the rings of Saturn. Didn't know it in the 70s when it was my favorite book, but I know it in spades right now. Even in that movie, when you see the hobbit hole where there are no 90-degree angles, a a, a joyous feeling washes over you. You're not really aware of it, but now you know why. There's no 90-degree angles of sorrow in that living condition of that rounded-off little dwelling the hobbits occupy. But anyhow… Um, As a matter of fact, in that story, you could almost view the hobbits as being wholly Jupiter-influenced, and the forces of evil, Sauron and Saruman and the orcs, that's Saturn. There's the story told all over again. You've even got the all-seeing eye. But back to you, Jason.
1: You actually really just nailed it there, because hobbits are all about living in the now, in the comfort. Everything is positive and happy. Just have a good time whereas Sauron is trying to take over everything and make war and subjugate and all that sort of thing. So yeah, there you go. There's your opposing opposites right there.
0: It's an exact one-to-one allegory and there it is no, you know, the, it's not a mystery why it's called the Fellowship of the Ring. We are talking about the Rings of Saturn. The Two Towers is the second book. Hint, hint, hint. Um, but yeah, the Hobbits are concerned with nature, holistic nature, natural energies. They have no beguiling in them, no no mischievous undertone to those Hobbits. You know That is the idea of Jupiter. But man, when you get over to the other side, it's darkness and technology and war and control and ugliness is being brought to bear. Well, I got news for you all. All us little hobbits sitting out here in our little cube houses. Sauron's on the march here, and he's been at it for a while, and we're behind the eight ball. And the eight ball is black, by the way.
1: Yes, it is. Might be interesting to do a study on J.R.R. Tolkien, since he could read and write languages that were long gone, really. He he was a very well-studied professor in England.
0: He even made up his own languages, um, which was part of the allure for people in my time back in the 70s when those books were so popular, before Hollywood got a hold of them and beat the crap out of them. But anyhow, go ahead, man.
1: It was not only religion which has been pulled and steered by Saturnian sky trackers, but education itself, not to mention culture, steered by mainstream media. Currently, the most educated among us have a couple of, wait for it, degrees. How is it that it is possible in a 360-degree curriculum that we have been reduced to one or two degrees? There is no portion of spiritual, cultural, or even educational concerns that has not been influenced by Saturnian power players, which has brought us to the current cycle of de-evolution on the brink of a police state. But who are these Saturn energy-aligned power players? We're going to get into that in hour two, of course, as we break down the subdivision of all cultures to include organized spiritual leaders who are organized for a reason.
0: So here, you know, look at these ideas we're talking about. We've already mentioned, you know, to go back to education, you know, that black squared off mortarboard, squaring your circle, squaring you off into your left mind, these Saturnian ideas. And I read some accounts that were very spot on in my view, where the idea was that, once upon a time, if there ever was such a time in a holistic point of view, the amount of degrees someone could be concerned with in a living condition was 360. But now the most educators among us get a PhD, what do they have, two, three degrees tops? Most people? Most people only have one degree. So the idea, the allegory here is that one, we've been reduced to one degree of concern to be called an expert or well-educated, any given thing, when there are possible 360 degrees out there. This is the absolute idea being put forth in the movie Time After Time, where in the 1800s we had like these almost Renaissance men that could do so many things because they'd been taught multiple languages, multiple disciplines, many more degrees of understanding. Than a single degree, which is one of the things that's being being laid down here. But in the current cycle, man, I'll say it again. There is no portion of our society where you cannot deduce the Saturnian influence brought to us by the power playing sky trackers that make up a tiny minuscule fraction of 1% of our world. You know, if
1: you look back in time, whenever this may have really happened, because it doesn't matter if the history was skewed because they still did these things. We could look back to ancient rome as being probably a very good time of when this started getting consolidated which became the roman catholic church and the vatican so all these things that they had control of just kept going through the centuries they didn't have to do it militaristically anymore because now they could do it through the spiritual ideas and they controlled the cultures of western civilization through the vatican so now you can see how they would have done this.
0: Right. So that you know, that's even mixed up in the historical tale we're told, you know, well Rome bit off more than it could chew. It had all these military concerns, these martial concerns all over the world, and it got out of hand to a point where they couldn't control it at the tip of a sword anymore. Well, this is what we see in reality. You know, we can put together logically that at some point probably martial force was brought to bear to bring people under control. But at some point it was understood that can get out of control. It's even encoded in the in the story of the fall of Rome. Which, by the way, bleeds into Britain in many ways. Um, So what happened then? They went for the long game. Well, we're not going to risk letting things get out of control by putting bayonets and steel-toed boots in people's faces. We're going to play the long game, and that long game is about the mind. And by the way, one of the things ruled over by Saturn or one of its attributes is secrecy. And there's your little black ninja with bad intent in every bowl of soup you're ever going to drink. The time is now, man. It's happening right now.
1: And we could also see how exactly the Jesuits were allowed to be in the organization because they could, without doing it directly in the Vatican's name, infiltrate places and do what needed to be done to steer things the way it needed to go.
0: It's almost a perfect one-to-one allegory for what I just said, Jason. So maybe in the time of Rome, if there was such a time, you had legions and here's all these armed soldiers. Well, what were they replaced with? The Jesuits. And they're not holding arms openly. They're wearing their little black dresses and their little black hats. But what are they doing? They're going for the minds. They're enforcing what you have to think. They're influencing languages. They're influencing the minds of those that will be ruled over. And as we've pointed out, the rock of the Vatican Church, which has its roots directly back to a place we call ancient Rome and into modern Britain, was built on a rock that was Saturnian principles and ideas. It's, it's all there for anyone with an eye to, to see it.
1: And I don't know exactly how accurate this is, but I have often heard Jordan Maxwell say that if you want to know who's really at the heart of this, look at the Vatican. And I think he might be pretty spot on there.
0: Of course, you know, we know in our history, whether it matches legitimately one-to-one with what actually happened, we have tales of those who took over the entire world. Some of the oldest tales are from a place called Rome that took over so much of the natural world. There's other places like Attila the Hun, which I would argue whether he even existed in any way, like we're told, that took over the world. But one thing we know for certain is there is a place called the Vatican, which does have its roots, and a place called ancient Rome even kept the same name, and there was a portion of time when even canonical books bulls were being released by the Pope at the Vatican that stated things like, guess what? We own it all, and even the things we haven't discovered yet, we own those things too. It's even covered in books like uh, like Shogun by James Clavell, where the pilot in that allegory, is trying to tell the shogun of Japan, there's this guy named the Pope, and guess what, he owns you. And and the shogun's going, how can that be? I've never heard of him. And the guy tells him because the Pope said, not only did he own everything, but he owns everything that's not discovered yet. Um, that bull that they're referencing there is still enforced to this day. So I don't really think there's much arguing what the intent behind it all is. Anyhow, back to you. I wonder
1: when the last time they made that point in public was.
0: You know, With such controlled media, it's almost like you know it's up to people like you and I now, and it almost doesn't matter, does it, Jason? We'll get out. We'll bust our butts doing the research every week to try to do the best we can to show the damn black cloud on the horizon that's coming for us all. And how many people are going to hear it? You know, a few thousand on on the best week. Um, That's what we're up against here. And why? I'll tell you why. Because the major information centers are controlled by Saturnian individuals representing that idea and believe me, in the second hour, we're going to show you exactly what religion it got aligned to. But that doesn't seem like a first hour thing we can get away with anymore.
1: And they've always been that way. I mean, think about how long they kept people from just reading and writing. And then when they do the masses, they'd keep things hidden again, because they do in Latin, a language the people weren't speaking.
0: Right. So not only did they invent this language, which precious few people could speak. And by the way, most of the people in the Jesuit or Benedictine orders, which I've done research on, some of those guys are claimed to have spoke 14 languages talk about more than one degree of education in school, 14 languages. Does anyone listening know anyone out there that speaks 14? In my lifetime, I knew one lady when I was in my 20s at a place I worked which spoke something like eight languages, and it blew my mind at the time. Um, but anyhow, there it is. And, and I just don't, I don't think you can brush off any of this, Jason. But anyhow, let's get through the last bullet point for hour one.
1: Right, to finish off hour one, we can think about the ideas of the sky trackers in this way, put very generally to reframe our minds. If a prism is used to divide sunlight, we get the seven-colored rainbow spectrum. Each of the colors is currently corresponded to a so-called planet in the modern age, and natural energies and influences assigned to each, which is said to have been developed from thousands of years of direct observation, the Chaldeans often being cited as the pinnacle of sky-tracking arts. In alchemy, there are metals and colors associated with each of these so-called planets, and it has always been that each color from this spectrum relates in the same way. These ideas are reflected in the zodiacal signs and were also used as a basis for holistic medicine
0: in times past. Not only that, Jason, we can take it across cultures, the idea of the chakra. You know, so many people who are into meditation and health food will be very aware of the chakras and accept the valuable idea of this holistic view of the human body. Not just one aspect, not that single degree, but 360s. All of the chakras with the idea that you can become a higher human being, that there is something innately special about a human being. That's what this whole damn show is about. Why would it matter if all these Saturnian people, people came in to censor us and put in police states. What are they doing? Well, if you wanted to correspond it to those Eastern ideas, they're trying to ensure that none of us ever understand we have a pituitary gland, that we can become a higher human being, that we can reach for this thing that has been called heaven or enlightenment or whatever you want to label it. That is what this is about. The wholesale diminishing and controlling of a world population Put in place through the damn long game, hundreds of years probably, if not thousands, if there is such a time, by precious few, wearing the black, under the black cube idea of Saturn. And here we are in the age where they feel like these energies rule. And I invite anyone, look around, what do you see? You see censorship, you see debt, you see higher education out of reach for almost everybody. You see control, 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 secrecy, and the division through news and media. This is Saturn. This is what Saturn is. You can see it everywhere. You just have to look.
1: That's going to wrap it up for hour one. For hour two, we're going to get into obviously things that were a little leery to put in an hour one because of the mass censorship going on. And we'd like to keep our YouTube channels for the moment since they're useful but we're going to go into the symbolism and related to real world events going on today in as much depth as we possibly can.
0: We're also going to outline the major religions that have been in the modern era back to maybe just before the modern era. And we're going to show, we're even going to incorporate the ideas of chakras into these things to demonstrate to people. This was not just the Western world tracking the sky and thinking in this way. It goes to every culture that's ever been. And they've had their unique ways of how they identified it. Where someone might call Jupiter a thing, another one might say it's the orange chakra. Um, You'll see. Everyone has done this. And some people seem to have had the best wishes of humanity at heart. Well, in fact, every time we come back to the Saturnizing – It's never a good thing. Not in the modern era anyhow. Anyhow, that brings hour one to a close. And so at the posting of this episode, there will be 103 free hours of content on Crow777radio.com. You do not need a login. You can just go there and listen to whatever you want. If you want to become a member for basically the the price of a cup of coffee, you're in fact covering free speech. After all, so many of the things in the second hour we can no longer post on YouTube uh, free and clear with the black beasted eyes of Saturn gazing on us, waiting to censor and give us strikes. So truly, you are you are supporting free speech. Anyhow, I hope to see you all over at Crow777radio.com for the second hour. There it is, man. Cheers.